The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. And today I am here live in studio, and it is, I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but it is a beautiful day. And I say that every time it rains because I absolutely love the rain. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to the show long enough, you know that I'm from Portland and uh, makes me feel like I'm at home again. But I am at home here in Boise, and uh, I just love that rain. And we re- we really needed the rain. It has been so dry. I think it's been the driest April in a long time. So uh, those plants, our plants are really, our lawns really, really appreciate this rain right now. And I think it's going to do a lot of good things for our, all those plants out there that have been dry and just waiting for our sprinklers to turn on. And those have been getting on now, too. So um, we'll finally be able to water our plants and get them that water that they need. But uh, with the rain comes a few things that we want to be aware of. So I'm going to get into that here in just a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the diseases that tend to show up after a rain like this. Um, also, I just want to throw out really quickly... Um, during the weekends this time of year, uh, it gets really busy and it's hard to reach us on the phones. So if you want to get in touch with somebody, you can actually live chat with a person. You go to zamzos.com. There's a live chat option and we have people ready to answer your questions there. So that's a, a great way to get in touch with somebody right away and they can take care of literally anything that you might need uh, taken care of and answer lots of questions. I will be doing that after the show here today and I'll be doing it tomorrow as well. So you can reach out to us there. You can also always reach out to us at zamzos at zamzos.com and send us an email or you can reach out to us on Facebook. I monitor all that stuff and try to get to them as quickly as I can and answer all those questions for you. And uh, if you're heading over to zamzos.com while you're there, if you or somebody you know has been looking for a job, uh, we are still hiring. So uh, send them over to zamzos.com. You can go down to the bottom of the page and find the uh, careers link, and uh, you can apply for a job. we got a lot of oppor- op- opportunities for folks to have some full-time, part-time, seasonal work, and uh, it's a great place to work. You get a lot, of, a lot of knowledge, and that's one of the things I've always appreciated about working for Zamzos is you learn stuff all the time. And that's an, just an awesome thing that uh, when you work somewhere, you learn, and you uh, get to 
work with plants and animals and help people all the time. So it's fantastic. Check that out at zamzos.com. Zamzo's careers link at the bottom there. Hey, if you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We already got a phone call from, looks like, Bo in Meridian. Bo, how can I help you today? Hi. um, Glad to be your first caller. I actually love your show. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, okay, so it's going to, because I'm not a plant guy, um, I'm going to sound like, I'm uh, almost a crazy person. A lot of people call your show, and they know plants, but I, I don't know plants. But no worries. What I do know is that uh, I moved into a house. I, I bought a house off of uh, Black Cat and McMillan here, mm-hmm. and it was a five-year-old house when we bought it, and um, had some sort of you know just uh, kind of general landscaping plants that they put in there. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of. Uh, uh, <laughs> There's a bunch of plants that I do know and a bunch that I don't. Mm-hmm. What I am concerned what I am concerned about is here it is springtime and we just got our irrigation turned on. Yeah. Which is a good thing because brown because of the lawn's just coming back from brown. Um I you know, I bought some uh I bought some fertilizer from Zanzo's last week, put put that on the lawn and good. it's coming back, so I'm not concerned about that. What I am concerned about is there's a couple of uh, well there's one bush that like I said I can't identify because sure, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm not a guy, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not coming back, Yeah, and it's not. it doesn't look the same way it did when we moved in, like last August when we moved in, Okay, and mm-hmm. I am a little concerned that that's not coming back in the same way that the yeah. other plants are, are coming back, okay. and we did, uh, we did put a, we put a grass in, uh, on kind of a, a little bare spot next to our driveway, and that's not coming back, whereas a lot of the grasses I'm seeing um, are coming back. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I, I didn't cut the bush back as, you know, as much as you would a grass, like down to the ground. Sure. I didn't cut that back because it's a bush, and logic told me that you don't just do that with a, with a large plant like that. Yeah. But it's not it, – it doesn't seem to be really – blooming and i mean should i be concerned about that or is there something i can do sort of proactively to make sure it does come back sure or should i just yeah okay so there yeah so I, there's a couple of things first thing i would say is there are some plants that are very slow to come back um one that is kind of notoriously that way is a plant called or a shrub called a rose of sharon uh, or sometimes it's called a hibiscus, and those they take a very long time to show any kind of growth. So it, it it's very common for people to say, "Hey, my Rosa Sharon isn't coming back," and they might not push any new growth until middle of May, first part of June. So they can be very slow. So it it's possible you have it could be one of those. Um, do you remember it, if that shrub, what did it have a flower? If you moved in in August, it would have definitely, you know, one of those plants definitely would have been growing by then. Did it have any kind of flower that you recall? It, it did. And I was about to say that. Um, uh, I don't know, like I said, I don't know the variety is, uh, varieties of Rose of Sharon, but it, it, but this particular one, uh, it does have, it's got, it's a, it has a small leaf. Yeah, and it and it was the flower was purple. Okay, and it's a it's a smaller type of flower. It's not you know it's not uh, it's not you know big and boisterous. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Mm -hmm. 
You know, yeah. So the, I mean, it, yeah, your Rosa it, it could be. A, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, no, it right. could be a Rosa Sharon, but like I said, I don't know my plants. Man. Yeah, I, I just don't know. So yeah, and the Rosa Sharon, um, like I said, they do get called hibiscus, but they don't have as large a flower as like a perennial hibiscus, like your dinner plate hibiscus. That's a hibiscus that has very large flowers that can be like almost you know ten inches across. Um, the Rose of Sharon is typically a lot smaller and it does bloom late in the season and it also takes okay. a long time to come in. Now, grasses can also be a little tricky um, and some of them will tend to come up faster than others. So I wouldn't necessarily give up on the grasses. They're usually pretty tough. What you can do for the grass specifically is that did you cut the grass back um, last year? Well, uh, okay, so the grasses that existed, the ones that were on the property when we bought it, yeah, I, I cut them down. I cut them down pretty low. I mean, I, I took the, I took the cue from the guys that were, you know, yeah, maintaining yeah. Uh, just the general HOA stuff. Absolutely. Um, and I, I cut them down pretty low, and and they're coming back just fine. The one I did plant, though, um, I want to say I did it more towards October ish last mm. year, and it. It took off just fine. It actually, it, it actually did. You know, it produced uh, longer stems, and yeah. it actually did produce uh, a couple of, uh, like, uh, you know, the, the the sprouts that come out. You know, they it kind of seeded a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, but I didn't cut it down. Oh, this guy doesn't like me. Sorry about that. Um, I, I didn't cut it back because I was concerned that if I did, that it wouldn't come back. Yeah, I, if it's so. if it's yeah, once it's dead, you can cut those grasses back really far down. And if you um, are there, I would go ahead and do that now and actually try to kind of get down into the center of it, and you might actually see some stuff uh, come coming up now. Uh, but it wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily give up on it just yet because if it's a newer grass, it can take it time to like really establish and come back in fully. And it might be a little bit slower than other, other, the other stuff that's already been there and established. Now, one thing you can do for the other one that I think might be a hibiscus, there's a really easy way to tell if a plant's dead or alive right now, especially a woody, uh, shrub like that. If you take a, a little bit of the branch and if you just kind of grab it, like, not not like a big branch, but like towards the end where it's a little bit thinner, and you take that branch in your hand and you kind of use your thumb and you push on the top that is kind of sticking out of your hand where you're clutching it, you should be able uh -huh. to push it and it should be bendy. Like you shouldn't be able to break it. If you push it and it snaps, then you know you've probably got a dead so – it, it might be dead. You can also use um, like your fingernail. And just kind of scrape just the really top edge or top layer of the bark and scratch down a little bit and see if there's any green. If there's no green or you can't really scratch through that bark, then it, chances are it's, it's probably kaput. So I would check those things on the hibiscus on that one plant that hasn't come in. I think it might be a hibiscus and you just got to, and it's just going to take a little bit of time, which is totally fine. Some other things you can okay. do to kind of help them along. Give them a shot of Thrive right now. If you've got some Thrive, um, that's our proprietary fertilizer that works great for all sorts of plants. And uh, give it to them now so when they do push, they're going to be even healthier. And it, it's just going to be good for all your plants to do right now anyway. Okay, great. So I do have a bottle of Thrive. Great. Should I just uh, – is it recommended? Do you think I should just put that more down towards, like, the, the stem, the root of the plant, or – should I just spray it generally or you want to put it on the soil? Yeah. Towards the, on the ground. 
Right. Yeah, okay. just so right around the base great. of it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And if I did, um, if I did want to know the identification of my plants, could I just take a picture and and take it down to one of your guys, like the, like the one down here on Chinon? They'd be able Absolutely. to identify it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You can take a picture, take it to the store. You can send it to me at zamzos at zamzos.com. I can usually figure those out as well. So. However you want to take care of that, we we can get we'll get you figured out. All right. That's great. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot for the call there, Bo. Appreciate it. We're gonna to go to a quick break. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Shaw Samzo. And Callie, did you notice those huge Gaylord containers full of tomato boom at all 13 Zamzos? Yeah, I just saw the one at Chinden. <laughs> That's a lot of tomato boom. Well, we sell a lot of it this time of year, and we don't want to run out. And now is the time to apply tomato boom when you're planting your tomatoes. Hey, remember when Dad grew that giant tomato that was over 17 feet tall and had 200 pounds of fruit? I remember it well. He used rebar for the tomato cage. Yeah, and when people saw pictures of it, they wanted to know what did he use to make it grow so tall and have so much fruit. And when he told them about the dozen or so ingredients he used, people asked him to put all of them together into one natural product that would provide everything a tomato plant needs without adding anything harmful to the soil. The result was Amzo's Tomato Boom, and it's the fastest growing tomato fertilizer in the country. So this year, don't be frustrated with poor growth and yield in your tomatoes. Pick up a bag of Tomato Boom now at any Zamzo's and grow the biggest, best, and juiciest tomatoes you've ever seen. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? We are back with part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, I would love to talk to you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We're enjoying some rain today, and our plants are really enjoying it, but we're going to get into some things that might come from the rain that we didn't want or don't want, and uh, I'm going to talk to you about some of those things and how you can avoid them. Uh, but first, we're going to go to Rick in Boise. Rick, how's it going? How can I help you today? Oh, pretty good, thank you. Um, I've got some trees that the roots are you know, spreading out to where they're getting above the ground, Yeah. and what I've been doing is kind of cutting them out yeah. Uh, to kind of, you know, and then digging out the roots, leaving some places that's lifting up, lifting up some of the concrete I have that, uh, you know, decorative wall. Yeah. Um, so I actually be, go beyond that and cut that out, take up the concrete and put it, you know, put it back down. Right. Am I hurting anything? Well, so your tr- your roots at the top of the that get up to the top of the soil, those are what are called stabilizer roots, and they don't actually do a lot of feeding for the plant, but they are really important for the tree's stability as far as its ability to hold itself up. And uh, you know, if you cut too many of them off, and you get a big windstorm, or we get you know rain like this followed by a windstorm where the water the soil gets really saturated, and then you get a windstorm, those are um, that's kind of a recipe for potential damage or even losing that tree it could push it over so you you can do some but you got to be selective and you got to make sure that you're not taking off too much uh it's not going to affect the tree's ability to absorb nutrients and take in water those stabilizer roots or those big ones towards the top don't really have any feeder roots they're more there for that that stabilization so you got to be really careful with it 
Um, it's it's yeah. not advised to do very much, and and usually you know they're they're slow. So in those cases, like where it's taken up the your concrete, you know, yeah, you can remove that, fix your concrete. Um, it's not going to change it. It's going to still try to do that eventually. So you're pro- it's going to be something that is perennial an issue, um, which can be difficult because then you kind of got to make a decision, you know, is the tree worth having there? And, and you know, usually, if, especially if it's a larger tree, you don't want to usually just get rid of a tree because it's going to take forever to get rid of it. And one, I mean, you don't also, you just, you know, I don't, you don't want to just get rid of a tree. Um, but there are trees that you can replace them with that will be a lot easier. But you know, like I said, you can do it. There are ways to do it that are safe. You know, try not to take too much of it off. Don't do too many of them. Um, and, uh, try to space it out. You know, if you're doing it, you shouldn't do it more than every couple of years, uh, to just to make sure that they have time to kind of regrow and, and, uh, restabilize. Could I go ahead and get a, um, like a stump grinder where I can actually shave off down and then uh, with the with that coming out, so it's like maybe an inch, uh, inch or two down. Because I mean, these yeah. these um, roots are like about two to three inches. That's yeah. how much how thick they are. I think that and would be. I think-, I think that would be actually a, a good. Um, well, you know, it's tough because anytime you have a wound like that, you 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 potentially have issue. You can potentially have issues with diseases and and other issues like it can cause rotting, which can carry up into the root. So you. You could you could do it. What I would try, what I would prefer to, that you did would to, would be to sever it. Um, you know, use that grinder and actually sever it, and then cut it back up to you know where the problem is. You just don't want to get too close to the tree. You know, try to do it out towards the edge if you can, uh-huh. as far away from the the main part of the tree as you can. But definitely sever it because you don't want. Uh, the, the the key there would be to have as little exposed cut as possible. Does that make sense? Uh, okay. What if could I paint? Could I? The old theory, you know, when you cut a limb off, you're supposed to paint it, you know, to kind of seal it. Would that do the same thing as far as uh, if I, you know, shaved it down, then go ahead and, you know, paint it and seal it? Um, you could. It's still, I mean, even the paints, uh, you know, are ones like I don't typically recommend painting limbs that I've cu- that you cut. Um, but it, you know, it it could help. I it, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. That's for sure. Um. But yeah, I think if you're going to go ahead and do it, I would go ahead and just sever it and then cut it back out. And you could put a paint on the root, but honestly, at that point, the tree's really good at uh, callousing over as long as it's a smaller area. The larger the wound is, the harder it has to work, the more resource it has to put into callousing that area. So you want to make that as little as possible. Yeah, I, I would be, I, I, I feel like I wouldn't really recommend. Uh, yeah, it's it, that's a tough one. I I would have to. I would probably actually want to talk to a, an arborist and see if they have a different opinion. Because that, um, yeah. you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like we we're trying we're trying to do a lot of things there, and I worry about even even doing something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's really tough, man. I'm <laughs> I'm not sure. I think the best the best bet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I gave you a good one this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the best thing to do would be to kind of like rip the Band-Aid off as fast as you can. Uh, you know, yeah, make, I'm... yeah, cut it, um, clear out what you need to. Um, and then, you know, every few years, if it starts to do it again, because they do, they do things like this, um, they do similar things. 
Um, like I always bring up the uh, the elm trees in Portland, uh, the Portland Park blocks. They have this large grove of elm trees. It's the largest standing elm tree, uh, American elm tree le- grove left in the entire world. And uh, because of the Dutch elm disease, they actually uh, they prune the roots around these trees every couple of years. They actually use a trencher and they trench around those trees and sever all the roots because the roots of those trees, if they grow together, um, they can transfer. And one of them got sick. It can actually transfer the elm disease to another one. So they can, you can do those sorts of things. You just have to be, um, I think the best thing is to, like I said, yeah, just say, just rip it, rip the bandaid off, get it done. And uh, and then let it let it recover, and then if it starts to happen again, again, just do it as quickly as possible, and and as as minimal as possible, so you don't have too much wound. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's because I'm trying to cook them sometimes with my lawnmower. Yeah. So and that kind of shaves it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and that's and that's rough on the mower too. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know? So, uh, okay, well, you gave me some good points I can go ahead and come up with. Yeah, and around, yeah, and some of those areas you might too, you might just kind of try to avoid them with the mower and just trim that grass down with something like the weed whacker. Weed uh, weed whacker. Yeah. And, uh, okay, Uh, that'd be good. Just go like I normally do with the weed whacker. Yeah. Kind of clean. Right. The mower can't get. Um, well, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate you appreciate it. it. Appreciate the call there, Rick. Thanks for that. And uh, little you know, we're already on to part three of the Zanzo's Garden Show, and uh, we will be right back. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We'll be right back on the Zanzo's Garden Show. The Zanzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670-KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and if you spent time in the yard like I did over the weekend, you probably noticed the same two things I did. First, everything in my yard was bone dry. And second, there were yellow jackets buzzing around everywhere I went. That's because this time of year, all the yellow jackets you see are queens, and they're searching for a place to build a nest. Which is why at Zamzo's, we carry special traps that utilize pheromones to attract and capture the queens, thereby preventing the hatching of thousands of yellow jackets all summer long. And speaking of summer, our recent lack of rainfall and warmer than normal temperatures are making lawns, gardens, trees, and shrubs bone dry. All 13 Zamzos have hoses, sprinklers, and other ways to quickly get moisture to those parched lawns, trees, or flower beds that are dying of thirst. So if you're seeing yellow jackets in your yard, don't delay and trap those queens now. And deliver instant water to those thirsty spots with a new hose and sprinkler from Zamzos. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are... 677 KDOI. All right, we are back for part three, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, I hope you're getting a chance to enjoy the rain, however, you might want to enjoy the rain. Some people like to work. When I, was, uh, when I grew up in Portland, it uh, didn't matter if it rained, you still had to do stuff because it rained all the time. <laughs> Over here, you can take a little bit of break, so that's, uh, that's always a nice thing. If you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. We've been getting some good calls today. I do want to get into a few things because this rain does bring a few things. This is what uh, we'll refer to in the biz as a weather event. And uh, 
it's it's important to kind of recognize these these things when they happen. A weather event is something like we haven't had any rain or any moisture for a couple of weeks now. Um, gosh, probably over a month. And when we when we have something like this pop up, a lot of things tend to happen after that. There's a lot of diseases uh, that will be triggered and start because of a weather event like this. So. Uh, one of the ones that I want to talk about real quick is what is called shot hole fungus. And shot hole fungus is a disease that gets into trees, it particularly if for some reason it particularly happens to red-leafed trees. So these are going to be like your uh, typically like your plums and your cherries, any of those types of plants that have red leaves. Other plants will, other trees will get it as well, but not as frequently as your red-leafed plants. Or trees. So we get a rain event like this. Your 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 plums are you know just starting to flower our uh, leaf out, and we get this weather event. And what will happen after a couple of days after we have this weather event? You'll start to notice a whole bunch of teeny little holes all over the leaves. And that's uh, it, it's a lot of times people will think it's a bug, something's eating their leaves. But actually, what it is is those rain droplets as they hit the leaves, they actually infect just where the rain droplet hit and they punch a little hole. They just cut a really clean little hole right through the leaf and the plant will just be, the tree will just be full of them. And it kind of looks like they call it shot hole fungus because it would look like somebody were to, you know, blast it with a shotgun and you get all these little holes in it. Um, and it's not a, a disease that will kill your tree. It's not something that's long-term damaging to the tree. It's unsightly and it causes a lot of worry, uh, but it won't ever kill your tree. It just causes all these holes in the leaves. Uh, what you can do to prevent shot hole fungus or to kind of curb some of the damage is after we, once we get a little break in the rain, uh, you'll want to spray the tree with some copper. And you'll actually want to spray, if we get a little break, spray it with some copper. And then once the rains have ceased, spray it again. And you can actually prevent that disease from causing as many holes. You'll probably still get some, but you can prevent it, uh, prevent a lot of it by just getting that copper spray in between those breaks in the weather. And uh, you should be able to stop a lot of it. And uh, like I said, it's not a, a huge issue. There's one that's a way bigger issue, and we'll get that in the, at, and get into that one here in just a moment. But first, let's go to Tom in Eagle. Tom, how's it going? How can I help you? Yeah, it's going very well, sir. I didn't know about shot hole fungus. That is so strange. Yeah, it is a weird and, one. Um, yeah. So we have got uh, a curly willow that was removed, or a corkscrew willow that was removed by our subdivision, and it was the main shade plant that protected us from the afternoon sun in the summer. Mm, yeah. And I want to put another tree there, but I'm concerned that I've got a, such a root structure from this willow that anything I plant won't be able to first dig a hole deep enough, and then it'll be impeded. How close can I plant to where the original tree was so a new tree will survive? Um, yeah, willows are pretty will have pretty extensive root systems. So Yeah, I um, noticed. You know, willow would probably be one you'd have to get a little bit further from. Did you do any kind did you grind the stump at all? They grinded it down to the base, but they didn't go down further to try to take out a root structure. Yeah. So I have the mass of roots still there. Yeah. The main, the main, the main part that's going to be the toughest is where the the trunk came in. Right. That's going to be the biggest, okay. largest mass of organic material that's going to take yeah. the longest time to decompose. The roots throughout the lawn will tend to decompose relatively quickly, and as okay. your your new tree grows in. 
um, it will be kind of participate in that decomposition. So it's not going to be as big a deal if you're planting it, okay. you know, a couple feet away. You'll kind of oh, have good. like, uh, you know, the roots will grow out as those things are decomposing, and it won't be exactly, you know, 50-50, same sort of time. Uh, but it, it should be fine as long as you're getting away from a fair amount of way to where you can dig down. If you're seeing roots as you dig, but you can still dig, then you're in a fine spot. If you're getting to a point where okay. you're just hacking at them, you might be a little too close. Uh, but the main thing is that big trunk part that's going to take the longest time. And, you know, you would have to actually probably get down and dig some of that stuff out. And, um, that would be probably the most difficult part, but yeah, I would say, you know, depending on the tree, I would try to get at least through four to five feet away from it. Um, you might be able to get a little closer if it's, but you're looking for a shade tree. So you want something a little bigger, probably Have you decided what tree you want to put there. Well, I'd like to drop in a regular willow because it's right on a pond. Mm, yeah. And, you know, they're nice and they're big and grapey and all sure, that kind sure, of stuff. Yeah, and right next that. to it, they put in a honey, a um, sugar maple. And when they grafted that, it's kind of growing into itself and part of it's starting to die mm. now. So I think I got to pull that one too. And those yeah. are right next to each other. Those were the trees. Yeah. Those maples can get included bark really easily. And that can be a different yeah, one. Would. Yeah. You can't really fix that, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, a willow no, would be great. You might consider something. I am always partial to a linden. Yeah. Uh, lindens are uh, just, I, I, I love lindens. They're just great trees. Yeah. Wouldn't be bad near your 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 water um they uh they don't look like a maple but they have a similar shape um really nice shade tree they bloom in the summer bees love them honeybees love them and uh they have a really Mm -hmm. nice smell um when they bloom and they they do drop a a bract just it's called a bract um and it drops that in summer um i have a linden in my backyard that i just absolutely love and i don't mind the bracts but when it's blooming like you'll hear it a buzz with honeybees and it's a great way to you know attract pollinators and uh and they smell just off the wall they smell great so wow how wide how tall lindens are actually uh lindens will get to about um at at maturity you're going to be looking at around probably 15 feet across and about 20 to 25 foot high Oh, nice. Oh, that'll fit nicely right there. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. I will check that out. All right. They do have some at the Chinden store. I did uh, I did see them there. Uh, just a shameless plug there. I mean, it is the Zamzo show, so I'm going to tell you. But, yeah, they, uh, they do. Do you have any by the Eagle store? Um, I, I don't know that they have them at the Eagle store. Um, they don't have a lot of the a lot of the big trees. They may have a few. Um, but I was at Chinden earlier this week, and they had a very large selection of lindens. As well as a bunch. Well, of every time stores. I go over to the Eagle Tour store, they tell me how envious they are of the Chinden store, and they yeah. say they get all the good stuff <laughs> yeah. over there. Yeah, they got sure the that. space for it over there. That Eagle store is a little cramped sometimes, so just slightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you much. I will go check it out. All right. Thanks for the call, Tom. I appreciate it. Good luck with your uh, your planting uh, and uh, taking care of all that stuff. I appreciate the call. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. You can give me a call at two zero eight. Three three six three seven zero zero or one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. So I'm talking a little bit about some of the diseases. I mentioned shot hole fungus, which is a disease that typically gets into your red leafed trees, like your plums. Uh, I've seen it on a few others as well, but typically it, t- it tends to happen on plums. And what happens is somebody will come in with a few leaves, and there's all these holes in them, and they think people will think there's like a bug in there, and really it's just that weather event. So these things you want to pay attention right now with this rain happening in about. You know, within the next week, 
we're going to see some of these things crop up. The other one that I'm going to talk about um, real quick is uh, Fire Blight. We had a big problem with Fire Blight last year. Right now is the time where the Fire Blight will start to get into your trees because your apples, it, Fire Blight is a disease that is particularly damaging and, and actually is only damaging to plants in the rose family, So the but particularly the trees in the rose family. So these are apples, pears, hawthorns, uh, are some kind of the more common ones we're going to have around here, but those trees are in the same family as roses, and they w- can get fire blight very easily, and it's very common for those trees to get fire blight. And right now, when they're pushing their leaves and just starting to push new leaves and have flowered, is when that fire blight starts to spread. In fire blight, um, right now you're not going to see anything, and nothing's going to be happening right now because it's this rain that's causing it. But then in the next week or two is when you'll start to see fire blight start to show up. And typically what you'll see happen is right on the tips of those trees where that new growth is pushing, that's where the disease gets into the tree. And it will start to discolor, and eventually it'll start to turn black like it's been burned. And over time, it'll get into the stem and it'll travel down into the stem and it'll just kill the tree, the, the limbs, as it travels down into the stem. And eventually, it'll even look like it's curled, like it's get, uh, they'll call it like a shepherd's crook on the tips of those branches as they continue to get damaged further and further into the tree. And it can be very, very damaging and can kill your tree if it's not on, if it's left untreated. So you definitely want to keep an eye. If you've got a pear, if you, and there's a ton of pears out there. I know that I see them all the time. Lots of pears, your fruiting, your, even if it's a fruiting or an ornamental will, will get damaged. If you've got a hawthorn, there's not as many hawthorns around, but if you've planted one, you probably picked it specifically because they have a really nice flower and they're a beautiful tree, but they can also be very susceptible to fire blight. So what you're going to want to do again, as with the shot hole fungus, get some, some copper. This is a liquid. Copper is an organic disease control designed for these specific things. And when we get breaks in the weather, you're going to want to spray that copper on the on your tree. Spray it all over the tree, everywhere you can. Um, particularly on your fruiting trees, you want to at least wait till some of the petals have fallen. So there's a little bit of a timing issue with that. Um, so you might have to wait just a little bit, but as soon as you can, spray those trees with that copper. And then if we get new rain, spray just before if you can. Spray it just before, at least a day before, and then spray it again after the weather event has passed. And that will uh, prevent a lot of your fire blight. It might not get rid of all of it, but it's really going to make control a lot easier if you get that copper spray on there in those in those breaks. Um, okay, so we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back for one more segment, our last segment here at the Zanzo's Garden Show. If you want to be a part of the show, we got time to take some calls. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo here with my sister Callie. And Callie, is it just me or are flowers closely tied to good memories? I think that's true for me too, Joss. Remember the big yellow forsythia hedge that was always in bloom for Easter? Oh yeah, and remember when the lilacs started to bloom? The whole backyard smelled amazing. I remember holding my young daughter up to smell Dad's apple tree in full bloom and hear the buzz of the bees. Well, that got me thinking about how I could recreate those memories at my current home just by planting those particular flowers. Let's call it planting memories. And your timing is perfect because all 
all 13 Zamzos are receiving massive shipments of flowers practically every day. I think I'll start off by planting some iris like Grandma Helen always had. And then I'm going to plant some snapdragons. And then some red geraniums in the planter boxes out front. Oh, and I want some gladiolas along the side of the house with some big dahlias and some trumpet vine. And then I'm going to plant... Okay, Joss, I think we've got the picture. So if you'd like to plant some memories, just stop by any Zamzos and get started now. 13 stores and all of them jam-packed with flowers waiting to serve you now. Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzos Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, we've been talking about some diseases that might show up uh, with this rain event that we're having right now. There are some things that we want to just be prepared for, and we'll get into a little bit more of that. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we've got some time to uh, take a call or two. Give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. So fire blight is uh, the one you want to deal with. Uh, be ready for if you've got um, like uh, apples, pears, hawthorns are going to be your susceptible trees. Um, there are a few shrubs that can get it, but it tends to be a little bit rarer in those. If you do notice it, you're going to have to do some pruning, and it's a it's a difficult one to um, to deal with once it gets infected because you'll have to do you'll ha- you have to prune out the damage, and when you prune it out, you actually have to go about six to eight inches from the furthest point of damage make a cut, prune that limb out, and then you have to disinfect the pruner before you make your next cut. So it's a difficult one to control once it's in the tree. So you want to do some of these preventative measures now if you can. And it's a good idea to hop over to Zamzos and grab some of that copper if, you, if, you, if you've got some of those trees and be ready to spray it uh, once we get a break in this weather. Looks like we got a phone call from Doug. Doug, how's it going? How can we help you? I've got a, a possible correction on uh, talking about those um, linden trees. Oh, I yeah. There's diff- different varieties. There are, yeah. Um, so the, the the little leaf linden is a lot bigger in spread, 35 to 50 or in width, and 50 to 70 feet. They, yeah, you know, they can. I've never seen one that big, but they, they certainly can get larger if they've got that space. Um, I've had that one in my backyard and it is a little leaf linden and it's, it's, it's kind of topped out at around that 20 to 25 feet, but it's a little, I would say it's a little crowded, um, where I ended up putting it, but yeah, if they've got the space, they can absolutely get big. I've seen a few around that can get a lot larger, but man, it takes them a long time to get to that height for sure. I have seen that around, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So of course I looked it up on my smartphone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I noticed it has a little, um, like, what it call call it, um, nut. Yeah, it gets a little. The, yeah, they get a little bracked. It's like um, once they after they're done flowering, it gets a little. Um, um, it's it's the seed, um, but it's connected to this oh, little. It's called a bract, which it's kind of similar to like what you would get on a poinsettia. It's not a true leaf, and it's not like a uh, a petal. Uh, but it's a modified leaf, and uh, those will fall once they're done blooming, and and they can uh, they can be. Sometimes people think they're a nuisance. You know, they I, I find that they they mow up pretty easily. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the call, Doug. I appreciate that. Um, let's see, we got Dale in Boise. Dale, how's it going? How can I help you today? Oh, very good. So we have a Asian pear in our backyard 
Is that following the same as a, like a Bartlett pear family for that fire blight? Yes, it is. They are still in the Pyrus family, which is part of the Rosaceae family. So they can definitely get a uh, fire blight. And I know a lot of times, is it a newer tree? Uh, it's about eight years old. Okay, so you're pretty well established. So um, usually fire blight won't kill a tree in one season unless it's really new. But yeah, it can absolutely get that fire blight. Okay, and we also have a newer apricot tree. Does that need to be sprayed with that copper as well? See, yes, it will, but not for the fire blight. Um, you're going to be dealing with on um, on your, uh, did you say nectarine? Uh, apricot. Apricot, yeah, sorry. On the apricot, you're going to be dealing with uh, peach leaf curl. Those are the same family as your peaches. It's a stone fruit, and you'll get peach leaf curl on that one. So you, copper is the same uh, same treatment, but for a different thing. So you can actually, I would definitely use it. I was going to try to get into that one as well. But peach leaf curl is one that uh, will affect your your apricots, nectarines, peaches, any of those stone fruits. And, um, and again, peach leaf curl doesn't kill it, but it does make it look kind of weird. And it can cause some stress, which leads to other things. So, yeah, you would definitely want to treat, again, with the copper in those weather breaks. Um, peach leaf curl is typically treated for more or less in the fall after the leaves have fallen, but you can do treatments now to curb some of that damage on those. So I would, uh, you know, you'll get you'll get two two different types of applications for it. Okay, and there's one more question. I'm hoping yeah. for a good answer here. Um, last year I did the one-two punch with the systemic and the thrive. Yeah. On even the fruit trees, and I was assured that that would not harm the bees this year since i did it last fall oh yeah i know you're was that true? absolutely yeah no you're totally fine there okay the, yeah the times where that right. has the potential to cause harm to bees is if you're applying it when bees are active once you've once there's if there's no activity of bees you're not going to have any issues with that okay very good all righty well thank you yeah you bet thanks for the call there dale appreciate it um, and yeah, peach leaf curl is another one that um, is is I mean very common here in the valley. A lot any of you, those stone fruits will get peach leaf curl. I want to quickly go into some lawn things because there are a few at least one disease I could think of that will start to show up in the lawn with a rain event like this. Um, actually, there's two. Now that I think about it, I've got two that can happen. Uh, one of them is a little less less likely. Um, just because we're probably going to warm up pretty well after it. But um, dollar spot is a common disease that gets into lawns, uh, and it can start to show up right now as we get this uh, weather event. Dollar spot is going to show up in your lawn as little uh, circles all over the lawn, and it's going to be, and they're about the size of a silver dollar, and they'll just kill off these little bits. Now, usually you can treat for it, and the, those spots will recover. Um, but it'll just, you'll start to notice it and you'll just see little bits of it showing up here and there in the lawn, just like little polka dots throughout the lawn. And then as more of them show up, they actually end up looking like a much larger spot or like it spreads, but it really just shows up in these little dots and then the dots kind of start coming together. So it's a good idea if you've noticed some of those, you've had some diseases in the past, uh, grab some of the uh, Zamzo's disease control and apply that right now. Even the, though, even if it's raining, you can apply that. Uh, the rain will water it in for you. But what's nice about that disease control is it's a curative and a preventative. So you can apply it before signs of damage. And actually, it's better to apply it before any damage because it will work as a preventative and then you won't see any damage. So that's very helpful. And it also prevents a lot of other ones. The other one that can sometimes show up is what's called red thread.
bed. And it's a little fungus that shows up, and you'll just see little red threads coming off the grass. And that's a little less common. Usually we need cooler weather, and we're going to have cool weather followed by warm weather, which is more conducive to that dollar spot. All right, we are about out of time, so I hope uh, you enjoyed the show today. I appreciate all the calls, and uh, we will talk to you again next week here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and with me are my two kids. Hey, Dad. What's up, Pop? Well, Joss, I have a question for you both. What's this Weed Awareness Month where you're asking people to bring a bag of weed to Zamzo's? Dad, it's not a bag of weed. It's a bag of weeds that folks want to get rid of in their lawn and garden. Well, April is a great month to do that, but what about using a natural solution? Our hope is that people will try the new line of natural weed killers at Zamzo's, which are a safe alternative to Roundup. There are three different products, including a selective weed killer for lawns, a non selective weed killer that kills everything and finally a total vegetation killer that even kills the toughest weeds brush and vines it's going to take a big bag to hold that weed weeds dad we don't want people to get the wrong idea but we do want folks to identify and eliminate weeds now during zamzo's weed awareness month which is why everyone should bring us a bag of their weeds you did say weeds yes dad he said weeds just making sure nobody knows like zamzo's